Welcome back to the Real Mark Bagwell, a wrestling docu series. Chosen lawyer and the guy with the ice cream sandwich is still partying, celebrating Mark Bagwell's birthday, cousin Jerry Hood. Jerry, welcome Yo, back. What's up? Show. What's up? Life is fantastic, man. You know what? Uh, feeling good, looking good. Uh, you show me you got an ice cream sandwich going there. So you're already in the, you know, you're in good spirits. Oh, vanilla, my favorite, Amazing. And last chapter, you got me thinking about a topic there. It's funny. You don't even realize how psychic you are. So we were talking about Mark's birthday and the surprise birthday. Buff turned 53. And before he came to the party, they took him out for some golfing and hitting some, some shots off in the uh, driving range there. And it was funny because he posted some pictures of that online. I look at it. I'm like, wow, Mark's got a really good swing. Even, you know, with one arm, he can hit it better than anybody else. So today's topic is a couple of items I wanted to cover with you. One of the first things was how much does Mark Bagwell love, play golf, played in the day? What's Because I know he's an athlete. We talked about all the different sports he played in throughout his high school years and later years. Is he a golfer? Very much, uh, very much so. Um, great golfer. Can't beat me, and he knows it. Uh, very, very good golfer. Very competitive. Um, he and I, back in the day, he's a great putter. Um, but back in the day, we did a lot of uh, putt, putt, miniature golf. And then as we graduated and moved on, you know, healthy-wise, uh Looks like he loved it. He lived on the golf course over in Town Lake, and that was a big deal. Uh, Town Lake Hills North. And I uh, can't remember the name of the road. It may have been Morning Mist. Morning Mist Driver Court or something. But uh, over there, uh, like I said, we played. Um, he's really good. Uh, a few injuries slowed him down, the, the neck injury for sure. Um, of course, now the leg, and then there's some rotator cuff stuff, but uh, very competitive. But back on the sports and stuff we talked, it didn't matter if it was pinball, jacks, Atari, whatever that is, Nintendo. He very competitive, very, I don't know. It's like he just was, he was born in his head like all these kids today. They, they don't read the directions on the cell phone. They take it out of the box. They plug it in. They ought to know automatically know everything about it. And that's the same way, you know, within my office when I go in with everybody, uh, the younger crew there, they well, they can fix anything. I'm very thankful for that. They can do anything. And uh, I'm fixing to have to go back to work. Matter of fact, saying that, I we go back uh, February the 10th, it's the last day of hunting season. Uh, the 11th and 12th is Saturday, Sunday. And then we return back to Atlanta on the 13th. And then we're here for good. We'll be here um, for about six months until deer season starts again in September. And uh, we really get you know, get going good then. But, uh, yeah, the sports thing, uh, golf, he had the best clubs, best putters, and uh, he loved it. He loved, still loves it to this day. Just doesn't play as much as he used to. How young was Mark Bagwell when he took up golf? Do you recall back in the day? 21, 22, and I'm almost positive Lex as well uh, did a little golfing back then too, Lex Luger. 
Uh, but uh, finding the time back then traveling with the schedules that he had, the schedule, my schedule, um, it was, ah, it was so tough. We were good. We had, you know, very low handicap. Uh, we were good. Uh, we bet big money hole for hole, uh, more so him than me, but I'd, I'd hang right there with him because I knew I could play and I didn't have to worry about losing. But occasionally you, you fall back a little bit and you miss a hole and then you're down 500 and then you, now all of a sudden you're down a thousand, you know, you get down to 18 holes, you know, you could buy a car on what you lost. And so we had to be careful there, but we had fun with it. You know, it's no big deal. And Mark Bagwell, he looks like he's really in his zone when he's playing golf. It looks like he was just born to do that again, natural oh, athlete. It's very I, serious, passionate, I, so passionate. I feel like, you, you know, you know him growing up, Jerry, that if he had picked any particular sport, whether it's football, baseball, golf, whatever, if he just did that one sport and said, this is going to be my sport, I'm going to make it all the way, he would have. It'd be a toss-up between baseball and football, but I'm going to say baseball by far. Uh, great infielder. Could play anywhere, but really ended up in the infield. And a great hitter. And uh, – Baseball by far, uh, a great football player too, but uh, I think baseball would would be the choice, no so doubt. If we had to rate his baseball skills, was he a second baseman or shortstop mostly? You know, up through the years, up until high school, you know, third base shortstop pitcher, third base shortstop pitcher. And uh, but like I say, it didn't matter where he played the position, not just to go play and put the pads on and go, I mean, he played it the correct way. He played baseball, the, you know, the, the, the respect of the game. He played it the right way. Uh, ended up as a first baseman utility guy in high school, but was there mainly for the hit. A phenomenal hitter. I mean, he, same thing with the golf ball. I mean, you know, he get a golf ball. If he hits one right now, it's still in the air tomorrow when you wake up. And with a baseball, same thing. Uh, he gets the right pitch and he gets under it. It's it's out. So uh, let's it's out of here. So let's cover off the different groups when he goes up to bat. First of all, power. No doubt. Okay, so power for sure. He, uh, he, but, he, but, he, but but a great hitter. I mean, as far as getting a pitch, an outside pitch, and you're a pull hitter, you can't hit one the third third baseline. You're not going to hit a home run. You're going to pop the ball up. So. You know, throwing your hands at it, going away, away, away. Um, not that I knew anything about it, but if I did, you know, you got to take that ball to right field. And he was good at that. You know, he'd shoot it to right field. But if you made that mistake and you threw one inside or across the plate, it was going up the middle, you know, 400 feet or to left field 375. And um, he was a phenomenal baseball player. Now, was he a guy more to take a walk? Did it, was he patient at the plate, or was he a high-average guy? He got a lot of hits, or both? A little bit of both. Super patient. you got to be patient at the plate. They're going to pitch around you when you get to that level where he was with the power, batting third, fourth, fifth slot there. Um, but he hated a walk. He'd take a walk for the team, for sure. He's a team player, but I uh, hated it. Absolutely. If you walked him, you just might as well say, go down to first. He hated four pitches, trying to pitch around him to get somebody else. But then once he got some hitters in front of him and he got some hitters behind him to where he, they had to pitch to him, that's when he excelled. And on the base pass, was he a speedster? 
Was he able to steal a base? Really quick, you know, for his size. And in high school, not as bulky. Yeah. But uh, definitely bulky. Um, latter years more so. Um, but super fast. I mean, really. I'll race him if he wants to go. Not today, but then he knew. I, 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 was, I had some speed. But uh, he was quick. I mean, definitely for sure. You know, top third of, on the field. There's nine players. He's top third. Well, let's see Jerry Hood. Let's see Jerry Hood's level of knowledge of baseball. So uh, a lot of guys were 30-30 players, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. The first guy to crack the 40-40, 40, 40, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases was? Here's a hint. Mark Mark McGuire. No, I don't know. See. Um, Mark McGuire might have had one stolen base in his life, maybe. Yeah. No, You're close. You're very so. close. You're very close. Jose, it's it's Jose his bash brother. Seiko, thank you. Third, number Jose 33. Yes. Mark Solder. Mark wore some 33s out there. Uh, Mark Solder's brother wore 33. My son wore 33 for the longest time, and I wore 33. So we loved uh, the Bash brothers. Uh, we've got, I talked to uh, one of my friends. He played for the Braves. One of Mark's good friends, Ron Gant. Ronnie Gant. 30-30. 30-30. Correct. Very good. So that was a big deal. Uh, he ended up marrying. Ronnie married. I uh, can't think of her name now. God forgive me. Heather Campbell. And which went to high school with Mark and, and Mark's brothers. And they live here just right outside of Atlanta now. And uh, Ron's a great guy. He's a good person. He, uh, uh, I loved it when he played. We always call when we hit a home run foul. And it's like so far foul, it's not even funny. We call that a Ron Gant foul ball because he, he – Ron Gant was in so many positions to where he would – we needed a home run, and they'd throw him that first pitch, and he would be so far ahead, it would almost go over the third base dugout. That's how foul it was. I mean, it was that's a Ron Gant home run foul ball, man. But he – Ron Gant had some home runs. He was fast. Uh, I'll tell you somebody I liked it got a lot of booze during that Bash Brother days that was a good player that stole a lot of bases. You're not going to throw out Ricky Henderson. You're not going to throw him out. You can't get him out. He basically is a human deer. How do you throw a deer out running to second and third base? He stole more bases at third than a lot of people stole at second in their careers. I mean, that was, man. So funny little fact about Ricky Henderson, if we're going to bring up Ricky Henderson and Bash Brothers and all this good stuff, you know Ricky Henderson played for the Blue Jays for a partial season, right? Mm -hmm. How did the Blue Jays acquire Ricky Henderson, do you recall? They picked him up um, off of waivers. Let's see, no, wait, wait, wait. They picked him up from, I can't remember, but I'm all over it. Okay, well, Bash Brothers are Oakland, so it's from Oakland. Mm Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays gave up their top pitching prospect at the time. You want to guess who that was? You want to hit? Dennis Eckersley. No, I don't. That's too old. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dennis Eckersley was a starter with the Red Sox in the 70s. So, no, that was not Dennis Eckersley. There's a hint. Do you see the card behind me? Steve Carsey. Steve Carsey was traded what? by the Toronto Blue Jays for Ricky Shout Henderson. Out, yeah. Shout out to Steve Carsey. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Steve, shout out to Steve Carsey. Wow. 
You know, Ricky Henderson, he goes to dinner. He has breakfast. He's like, I'm the guy traded for Carsey. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) That's awesome. So we covered off golf. We covered baseball. You're having your ice cream sandwich. There's another element to the Bagwell life, Mark's life, that I wanted to bring up for a moment. And he seems to have very good religious faith. He's a person that thanks God immensely. I hear that a lot in his uh, when we talk on the phone, uh, messages he's posted online, when we've interviewed him as part of the of the docu series. I've never asked him directly on it. You know, it's one of those touchy subjects. But he's a person that appears to me to have a lot of faith. Was, was he a very church going person? Were the Bagwells a church going family? Where does this faith come from, Jerry Hood? Because he seems to be a very strong believer in God. And a lot of, you know, when things did not go his way in life, Buff Bagwell seemed to really turn to God and always kept his faith, which I commend him for. He always has, for sure. Um, No, not church going um, as a family young in the 70s. I think more so it came along uh, through an uncle, Buff Daddy's daddy, Big Steve. His youngest brother, um, I think, was a deacon of a church in Woodstock. It might have been Woodstock Baptist, which wasn't too far from where uh, Mark lived over in Town Lake. It wasn't too far over there, maybe five, ten minutes up 92. And I think he led him to the Lord, and uh, he got baptized and saved and uh, uh for the longest time attended Woodstock Baptist. And then now I'm not sure where being on the road so much. uh, I'm not sure where he's a member, where he attends, but uh, definitely keeping the faith for sure. Believes in God, trust in God and very thankful. And he's been like that for golly, 30 plus years, I would say. As as we became friends and brothers and, you know, getting to know Mark over the past year and a bit and, you know, saw, I, I, I got to live through him, his ups and downs and all around and, you know, the excitement of things to come and then, you know, going to rehab, coming back stronger than ever. And I'm thinking to myself, what this man has endured from the injuries to the broken neck to 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 go to rehab, trying to get his life back together, working hard to get his life back together. I'm so happy for him that he has God, he has faith within, because a lot of people, I think, Jerry Hood, if they can be inspired by Mark Bagwell's story, because I get a lot of messages on social media, people saying, you know, Mark, so happy for you. You really inspired me to do good things in my life. I'm going to tell a lot of people, no matter what your religion is, your culture is, your spirituality the people that I see, Jerry Hood, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in your estimation, that can bounce back, can be as strong as ever, the really successful people, the one thing they have in, inside of them always is faith. They believe in something. They believe in a higher power. They believe in the universe. They believe in God. They believe in, in something that brings them together. There's, there's a reason why I'm doing this, and I'm not going to give up. Where somebody that does not have any kind of faith whatsoever, it it's really hard to motivate yourself to get to those next levels. What do you think? Oh, for sure. You said it. Um, you got to have the faith. You got to trust in God. Um, uh, Marcus is like a cat. He's had nine lives. 
he's down, he's lived seven of them. He's got two lives left. And he knows he's going to live in it right now. And in case an accident happens, okay, that's fine. But then the real, then he'd have one life left. I think he's treating that every day like that. He's uh, been through it all. Everything, like you said, that he's endured the wrecks, the, the flipping Jeeps down embankments to crashing motorcycles. And this started in the, in the early seventies. This didn't just start like everybody knew Buff Bagwell and he's always been in, you know, hurt here, you know, drinking, whatever, broke his neck. This all started in the early seventies. So let's say mid seventies, let's say 73 till now, 40 years of crashing motorcycles into lakes jumping off bridges backwards head first, uh, crashing cars head on and brake lights and you name it. I mean, we, we've, we've done it all jumping out of airplanes and parachutes. And I, I could go on for hours and days and months of the stuff that, you know, cutting ourselves and firecrackers blowing up in our hands. And I mean, you, it, it's it's all you could write a book on it nobody would ever believe it it's like they made this stuff up it only happens as he says to him but i was there too to help some of it happen you know i was always the blamer when judy uh or i was the one that got blamed and anytime something happened well jerry was there mama here's what happened i knew it i knew it i knew it you know, and she, I'll go there. Here we go. Um, but then when she finally started seeing, once he turned mid teens, 14, 15, 16, he could do what he wanted and tell her that, you know, he was in charge now. Uh, Big Steve was always in charge of everybody. But then when Marcus finally said, Mama, leave Jerry alone, it was my fault, not his. I was fine. John rescued me several times from Big Jude. You know, uh, Stevie for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, once, you know, things start happening to him, I was, like, I was like, hey, I'm here for moral support. You know what happened? You know what happened? I had nothing to do with it. I told him not to do it. I knew he jumped his car off a bridge or over a house or whatever we did. We thought we were Burt Reynolds and Smokey and the Bandit. He didn't we really were, think. yeah. Now, matter of fact, that's like last time I went to the movies. I was thinking about we were talking about Avatar. The last time I went to the movies, I saw Smokey and the Bandit. So whatever year that was, I was trying to. Gosh, that was a few that, years. That was a couple of years. Smokey and the Bandit was like seventy four, seventy five. Let's see. Now that Trans Am was a. That Maybe Trans 77. Am was a seventy eight. That Trans Am was okay. seventy. So seven, yeah. So I went to that's last time I think I probably went was uh no, 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 no. I've seen Jerry Maguire, I've seen Urban Cowboy, I've seen some, so I've been since then. Jerry Maguire, Urban Cowboy. Well, that's uh quite the spread there, Jerry Hood. I gotta ask you, having spent enough much time as his cousin and as his friend and really as his brother, if somebody came to Mark Bagwell and said to him, listen. I know you've reached the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. If you can, if I can redo this life for you, and you could just have this consistent, normal—I'm not going to call it boring, but it'll just be more even keel. And you don't have to, but you, you also won't endure all the BS. You won't have to go through all that hard stuff. But then you're not going to get the top, top, top of the greatest moments either. Would you take that deal? Would you would do a redo? 
or would he keep the life that he had and no regrets and loved every second of it? Wow. As my fans say that I say, do I say wow a lot? Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, I got that from Mark. Um, no regrets. Um, for sure. Me speaking for him and, uh, and I think I've got it correct. Um, no regrets. He wouldn't take a deal. He wouldn't give anything. He might do something somewhat differently, maybe choose a different path along the way if he could. But as far as to go back to make a deal, to get rid of something to do uh, from the time he was born, 1970, and we really started, we grew up a lot together then. Our families were together. So say when he was five and I was eight, uh he he had everything from a Mickey Mouse doll to you know a Lamborghini and anything from a from living in a trailer a double wide trailer all the way up to a five million dollar house so not many people get to do that um, us you know flying on Lear jets wherever we go and and us uh, having the things that we have now and able to hunt the way that we hunt. Who hunts six months out of the year? Who, you know, it, it's tough. And he he knows it, and uh, he wouldn't defame the fortune. Uh, but as I say, he's been at the bottom before, too. So having from A to Z and knowing every single part from being at the bottom and being at the top or back at the bottom again or hit rock bottom and asking God to save you and bring you back, He's done it all. He's seen it all. He's been everywhere but the moon. And he's seen everything but the wind. And that sums it up right there. It might not be the greatest metaphor, but one thing I, you know, you and I talk a lot about sports on this show. Both love our sports as far as football, baseball, you know, sure. hockey, even basketball. Sure. One thing I always say about sports is this to fans. When you have the opportunity to win a championship and you go the whole way, I don't care how much you have to mortgage your future. I don't care what you lost in players. At the end of the day, if you got to do it and win that championship, you go for it because you never know if you're going to get that opportunity again. And you think about where Mark reached as far as the NWO goes and all the tag team championships with all the different people, six time, I believe it was six different guys and six different uh, tag team championships. How many guys wrestle and, and women wrestle in the indie circuit for decades and never even get a sniff and to be at the top, top, top of the game, I don't think you can ever regret or doubt anything. And I know he looks back on his career always very proudly, and the story is still being written, which is amazing. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Having talked to him as much as I did is this is not a person that lives his life in regret. Yeah, he could do things a little differently, but I think that when he makes future decisions, he's like, you know what? This didn't really work well for me in the past. Maybe I just won't do it this time. But he doesn't say yeah, I want to change over or blame anybody else. He's just, you know what? I had a good life. I'm proud of who I am. And he carries his head up high. And I love that. He definitely does. And, you know, making the money and being around the money that we had, I guess, either A, growing up, B, going out on your own and trying to make and, and be a millionaire. That, that doesn't happen. And winning that world heavyweight championship tag team and everything or whatever and making millions of dollars being a professional wrestler that's almost the equivalent in that league right there 
of winning a World Series or World Title or World Bets. You, you can't get any higher. And that's, you know, I mean, it's 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 unheard of. It's crazy. The money is crazy. Um, that's why he's so thankful. You know, when, when he would get his check in the mail, he'd always say he'd look at his check and it'd be a, a monthly check of, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 check or 70000 whatever it may be from royalties or, you know, Nintendo or Kenner, Milton Bradley. And he thanked God immediately before he did anything with that check. He opened it. He looked at it, made sure everything was correct or whatever. Thank God. And then went to the bank and then we went shopping. And then there you go. We, we were off to never, never land. And, uh, and we say very thankful. Well, we only have two camps of people that write into the show, Jerry Hood, and all our social medias, and they comment all the time on you, on me, on Mark, and to the you know, and majority, you know, they fall in one of two camps. One is the critics, the haters, and to those people, I would say this much: it's really easy to sit on your couch with your bag of chips and type it in and make fun of the person, and especially when the person's down and where they're at. I would tell you, just remember something: the peak that he reached. Chances are you're never going to reach it more than likely, but you're going to sit and make fun of somebody else and beat them when they're down and feel better about yourself. That probably mean you didn't make it very far in life. And I've watched these uh, other shows and podcasts where they've played clips of Mark and they, and they make all these comments and it's very negative. And guys, what have you done with your life? That's all I'm going to tell you. You know, it's very easy to sit and crit critique somebody else. Imagine somebody looked within you at you in the mirror and what you did. So I, I, I tell them that much, but the, for the people that are positive, they're saying, Mark, you keep bouncing back. I've, I had a drinking problem. I had a drug problem. I've had issues in my life. I lost my job. Uh, I got divorced and watching you and how hard you've worked has inspired me to work harder and make something of my life. It's fantastic. Jerry hood. It's amazing how the fans clamor, he inspires them in their own lives. And that's really what Mark Bagwell is about. If you really want to know the true essence, we talked about on this doctor series many times as him being a gentleman, but Mark cares more that he inspired you to do something with your life audience than himself. That's how much of a giving man he is. So for those of you that did write in, he's aware of it. He loves every comment, appreciates it. And is so glad that he's help, able to help others make good decisions in their lives. No, oh, definitely loves it. Very thankful. Very happy for the fans. The feedback, like I say, the agent, my agent, your agent, they all talk about uh, the good, the bad, whatever. I want the bad. I want everything. I, you know, they don't realize. I mean, you know, um, I've driven a $250 car. You know, I've driven a $20,000 car. I've driven a $60,000 car. You know, I've, I've, I've had to ride trains to certain places to where now you uh, you know, you get in a Learjet and, you know, you, you've got to be thankful. What have they done? You're right. You know, you just, you don't know what battle someone is fighting. Everybody's fighting something. They're going through it. Their mom may be about to die. They, uh, their, their dog died. You don't know what, so, in, until you've been in those shoes. And I've told you a thousand times, mine's eating. I want to eat 13 ice cream sandwiches and a bag of, you know, circus peanuts and, a bag of York peppermint patties and then, and then stop at the next store and get a bag of Laffy Taffy. So, you know, I don't drink alcohol and I, and I don't, I don't smoke, but whew, I love some candy and, 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 you know, that's a battle for me. Uh, but like I say, we work out, uh, God, we do something. Uh, we were going to do that 75 hard or whatever, but we didn't. 
Uh, but we're doing something every day cardio wise and we're doing uh, stuff on the farm when we could ride the tractors or we could ride the John Deere gators and stuff. We're walking. Uh, we ride, we've got electric bicycles that basically is a power bicycle that lets you slip into the deer stand. You know, they're, they're expensive, but we've started walking now. So that's our big deal. Uh, we're walking now. What is it we're doing? We're, we're more cardio and we're saving money. And that's our battle. You know, we're, we're, you know, everybody's got a battle though, like you said, and uh, until you've lived it, been there, you've got something going on right now, you know, and, it, and it's, it's, you know, what it is, what it is. So. Amen, Jerry Hood. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's something that uh, from a lifestyle perspective, we've talked about a lot. I know you sent me the pictures of meals you cook and the protein bars and living a healthy lifestyle, making good choices as far as the food you eat and drinking water and exercise Diet Coke, I don't think so, but sure, Jerry Hood, but not really. But, you know, it's uh, Mark Bagwell preaches this all the time. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with him. He brings up the gym. He brings in the protein, the low carb, uh, the amount of work he puts into the gym. And there's a reason why, folks, with all the bumps he took and all the accidents and everything else, the amount of time in, in the ring and life and look at the man at 53 and he still looks like a million bucks. And that's because he eats well and because yeah. he puts that gym time in. And if he's on one leg on one arm, he still finds a way to do it. He will not let it go. And I commend him for that. Hardest worker. I know as far as in mm -hmm. life, hit that subscribe wow. button, hit the notification bell, send your comments. What you heard today. Ask Jerry hood, a question, Mark Bagwell, chosen lawyer. We're here for you. We love you. We'll be back next week. And we're gearing up. WrestleMania will be here before you know it, Jerry Hood. It's coming up, I believe, Ooh, in April. So lots I'm to talk ready. about. Still praying that it's going to be the Rock and Roman Reigns. Uh, Mark Bagwell's out in the independent circuit. And we know 2023, again, is going to be a big year for him. So lots to cover. And uh, we'll see you back next week on The Real Mark Bagwell, a wrestling docuseries. No doubt.